If you're doubting yourself as being in that position, you're probably struggling from something called imposter syndrome. But yeah, I think you want to force yourself to step outside your comfort zone, be the main person throwing the meetup. You'll gain so much more traction being the person in the limelight and running the show. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluffy stuff with us today. Justin Gooden. How you doing, Justin? I'm doing fantastic, Joe. Honored to be on your podcast and looking forward to delivering some value to your listeners. Oh, I'm glad to hear that on all fronts. A little bit about Justin. He's the CEO of Next Level Equity. They focus on capital preservation while striving to deliver strong risk-adjusted returns to their investors, and they focus exclusively on apartment buildings. His portfolio is over 400 units as a general partner, has had a busy last couple months closing on deals. We'll talk about that. He's got three years of real estate investing experience based in Indianapolis, Indiana. His website, nextlevelequity.com, and he's got a Facebook group that you can go check out. You can search Next Level Apartment Syndications and you'll likely find it. It's also in the show notes. So with that being said, Justin, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Absolutely. So a quick high-level background about my story is born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana. I studied finance and supply chain management in business school here in Indianapolis. While I was going through business school, I was searching for different avenues of passive income that I really wanted to find out about. So I started out in day trading, swing trading, kind of dabbling in the stock market, quickly found out that that was not passive at all and really volatile, really unpredictable, which kind of drew me in towards real estate. And in the beginning, I kind of had that mindset that real estate is only for the rich people. You have to come from a wealthy family to get involved in that. And that's the wrong mindset I had going in. But fortunately, I was able to purchase a single family home as a rental. And that's how I got started. And when I was purchasing that single family house from another investor, he actually told me he was liquidating all of his assets and going to buy apartments. And again, just like going back to my mindset, I just thought that was crazy. Like how's average looking guy my age going to go out and purchase apartment buildings. So pretty much shortly after that transaction, I just stumbled upon apartment investing by doing a ton of self-education, reading books, listening to every podcast I can get a hold of. Eventually ended up hiring mentors, going to a lot of networking events and just got hooked. I was just extremely interested in apartment investing. I knew that's what I wanted to do with my career and my life. So a little bit of backtrack, but after graduating from business school, I was working as a commercial multifamily underwriter for a bridge lender in Indiana. So that was fantastic experience for myself and kind of starting out seeing how lenders underwrite deals, how they look at properties, how they evaluate sponsors. So that was a fantastic transition to what I want to do in my career. Fast forward after doing a ton of self-education, hiring mentors, I've been able to close a little over 400 units as a general partner in three different markets now, looking to continue that, if not double that in 2022. And just working with past investors to generate wealth and buy apartment buildings. 
There's tremendous benefits that I'm sure we'll get into that apartments have to offer. And a lot of busy professionals, when they get tied up with their family, their jobs, their careers, they don't always have the, the time, even the desire to go out and learn how to buy apartment buildings by themselves. So that's where syndications come in. And that's how we help passive investors enjoy the benefits of real estate. Thank you for that. What fantastic education that must have been to be a multifamily underwriter for a lender. And we'll get into that in a moment. You mentioned you hired mentors, you attended networking events, you learned from whatever educational material was out there. So here's a question. Unfortunately, we have to go in your past and we have to wipe away all those paid mentors and all that free content. And you no longer have that experience except for one paid mentor and one channel of content that was free. What do you choose to take with you on this new journey? As far as like naming out a paid yeah. mentor that what's I would the, choose? Yeah. What's the one paid mentor that you paid that you have to have had them on your journey? Sure. And then what's one non-monetary channel or education or networking event that you went to that you must have had on your journey to get to where you're at? Absolutely. The first free educational resource that I would turn to is YouTube. YouTube is just an abundance of information about real estate, investing, apartments, raising capital, underwriting deals. There's just an abundance of information about any topic on there. What's one or two channels on YouTube? Or do you just search for whatever you're looking for and then you just listen to whomever? Yeah, honestly, if I have a question or a topic I want to learn about, I just type in that subject and there's a variety of different channels that'll pop up about that subject. So in a broad sense, I would just say YouTube. It's been a, a fantastic form of communication and educational resources for me. What's something specifically you learned real estate-wise on YouTube? Underwriting. I did gain fantastic experience from that working at for a commercial lending company. But it was more focused on perspective from the bank side, if that makes sense. So learning how to accurately look at deals and evaluate deals from a multifamily syndication perspective is very similar, but a whole different ballgame, in my opinion. So there's a lot of webinars and YouTube videos on underwriting deals, how to look at deals as an investor standpoint. And I've used YouTube for that many times. What about a paid mentor? The paid mentor that I would absolutely recommend is a company called Good Egg Investments with Annie Dickerson, Julie Lamb. They have been fantastic mentors and business advisors in my corner over the past couple of years. I would highly recommend their program. They're really genuine, honest people, and they're really committed to your success. I owe a lot of my success that I've been achieving to them. When did you get your first deal as a general partner? First deal as a general partner was early of this year in 2021. What was the deal? It was a 236 units in Jacksonville, North Carolina. We'll get back to the show in a few minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll get some value in learning more about. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. 
They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive Investor Guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Mark your calendars for the Best Ever Conference, February 24th through 26th, back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. You can get 15% off right now with the code BEC15 at besteverconference.com. That's the code BEC15 for 15% off at besteverconference.com. My assumption is you were not the only general partner on that deal. Absolutely not. One of the ways that I would recommend newer investors getting started or looking to get into syndications is find more experienced operators that are doing what you're doing. That could be a mentor. That could be somebody that you network with in your own city. And, you know, find ways to add value to them and their business and find ways to join the general partnership and work with a more experienced team. Because, you know, as you know, 236 units, a huge project, $14 million purchase price. There's definitely more than a few people on a deal of that size. And when you're raising capital and doing things for your investors on your very first deal, it makes sense to join an experienced team that has, has done this for 10, 20 years where you can leverage their experience and their track record. What did you learn from that first deal and what were your roles? My different roles on that deal was helping past investors come into the deal. So raising capital on the asset management team moving forward. And then I was helping underwrite the deal when it was first out as well. And what'd you learn from working on that deal? So many different things point out a few different highlights. There's so many different variables and so many different things to look at when you're going into purchasing a large asset like that. One of the things is walking the property and getting multiple contractor bids on the deal. So we were doing the classic value-add strategy on that deal, renovating interior units, adding a dog park, improving a leasing office. So there's so many different variables and going into construction and timeline and things like that. So it really makes sense to work with an experienced general contractor who can give you an accurate estimate to throw into your underwriting and get multiple bids. Another thing that I learned just from working with an experienced team is to raise more than you think you're going to need. And that can really save you a huge headache and save you a lot of stress when you're coming down to the last hour of closing a deal and maybe you don't have enough capital to get the deal done, or maybe you're just like on that line and raising more than enough capital can really save you some stress and give you comfort knowing that even if unexpected things come up or a couple investors fall out, that you can still get the deal done and move forward with it. What was the next deal? 
very next deal was a 77 unit portfolio in Indianapolis, Indiana. Now we're in your home territory. Correct. <laughs> okay. And how many general partners on that deal? Just two, myself and another local partner in Indianapolis. Okay. So I imagine you have a lot more responsibility on this one than the first deal. Absolutely. How did you find the deal and tell us about it? So in this portfolio, there was a 29 units and a 48 units that we both combined into a portfolio. Both properties had a really similar story. They both had similar value add strategies we were going to implement. And we were going to use the same property management company for, for both properties. So it made sense to bundle them together as one investment for investors to not only just make it a little more simplistic, but also give investors a little bit of diversity. So the 29 unit was found from a direct mail campaign, purchased it directly from a longtime owner of 16 years. Really unique story on this one. Happy to dive in more, but at a high level, the owner owned it for 16 years, like I mentioned, lives on site. He was a general contractor himself and added a lot of good value over the years to this property. He did put a lot, of, a lot of good money into it and proved it up over the years. And it wasn't being ran as efficiently as it could. He was paying all the utilities on the property, which is not common in Indianapolis. The units were outdated. The parking lot was gravel, which was a huge eyesore. So when I found this property, I just saw gold. I knew it was a, a fantastic opportunity and really jumped on it. The 48 unit came off market from a close broker relationship. Really similar story. It's in a great part of town, long time owner, mom and pop owner that just wasn't running the property as efficiently as, as it could be. Outdated interiors, curb appeal was really non-existent. So just a lot of really standard, but also unique value add opportunities for both properties. Direct mail. Tell us about the direct mail campaign that you did. Yeah, absolutely. I think direct mail, depending on your goals and what you want, but I think direct mail is a fantastic way to find off-market direct-to-seller opportunities. And I have a free ebook on my website. If you go to nextlevelequity.com slash direct mail, you can find an ebook where you can download. And I've used direct mail over the years to purchase properties direct to owner. While they can be more effective for some of the mom and pop type owners and smaller asset sizes between 30 and 60 units, I think it is more than possible to find some larger assets as well with it. But it does seem to be more effective with some of the mom and pop type owners and smaller asset sizes, I should say. And regardless of what you say and talk about as it relates to direct mail and during this conversation, I know it's going to be beneficial for everyone to download that ebook and read it in detail. But I am curious, what do you write in the direct mail and what type of response rate do you get? Great question. I would say my response rates historically have been in the one, two, maybe 3% range. But I like doing a number of things to my direct mail. Letters, I've used letters, I've used postcards in the past. But just to name out a few things, I like making the message on the letter pretty short, sweet, concise, stating my team, my experience in a very brief way, and giving them a few different ways to contact me. So it's leaving my number, my email, my website for them to look up. I like 
including a picture of myself, which makes the letter a little more personable. Mm -hmm. That's not coming from a huge company or just like a random real estate or something like that. But I've used the handwriting medium in the past. I actually had a person working for me handwriting my postcards, which I think is a lot more personal as well. And another unique trick, <laughs> you can take the stamp of the letter of postcard and just rotate it diagonally just a little bit. And it makes it look like a machine didn't put it on. An actual person was going to kind of stamp it and send it out. Mm-hmm. So some little unique tricks what? like that. I like that. If you could only send one out, what would it be? There's multiple variations of what you just mentioned, but what's been the most effective? The actual message, what do I send? You said handwritten versus maybe it looked like it's handwritten. And I'm sure there's different messages in the direct mail, even though there are some consistent components. Sure. I would send a postcard over a letter. The letter can be effective, but you don't always know, one, if they're going to receive it, two, if they're going to open it. A postcard, if and when somebody does receive it, they see your picture, they see your message right then and there. They don't have to open it. They don't have to do anything. They see your message. They see your picture. They see that you want to buy their apartment building. So I would definitely choose a postcard, putting your logo on it, making it look professional, choosing a, a somewhat short of a message. Don't make it too lengthy where somebody has to spend five minutes reading it. But just something really simple, stating who you are, what you're looking to do, purchase their property at this address. Here's a deal or two that you just closed recently in the area. Here's a couple of different avenues where you can contact me at. Here's my website. Hope to hear from you soon. So something simple like that. What's the main picture on that postcard? The main picture would be of myself in the corner, but overall I've put a general picture of a city. So when I was sending them out to Indianapolis owners, I included a broad background picture of the city of Indianapolis and then kind of like a picture of myself in the corner. How much money did you raise on the 77 unit portfolio? $2.2 million. Wow. Congratulations on that. That's, oh, thank you. That's impressive. And approximately how many investors was that? Approximately between 25 and 30, I believe, from counting, right? Yeah. Okay. So around 75,000 or so per investor. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm not looking for a name, obviously, but think of your largest investor. How much did he or she invest and how did you know them? I've got to know a lot of investors from LinkedIn and especially my in-person meetup. I think if you really want to be successful in this industry and be an active operator, I think, as you stated many times, but having some or multiple forms of a thought leadership platform is crucial. So one of my thought leadership platforms that have just been amazing for the traction I've had is an in-person meetup. It's your chance to, one, meet your investors in person, build your brand and your business, but you can meet people in person. You can show them that you're a real honest person. You're here at this meetup. You're delivering value to them. So for a number of different reasons, an in-person meetup has been a great way to kind of get to know investors and deliver value to them. We'll get back to the show in a few minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll get some value in learning more about. How are you doing on your goals this year? Whether it's planning for your goals or whether it's executing on those goals, I imagine one of them has to do with financial freedom, taking control of your finances. And I can tell you that is a possibility within the next one to three years using a proven system created by my friend, Michael Blanc. He's got the program Deal Maker Mentoring 
here are some of his students who have been in the program and what they've accomplished. Melanie McDaniel, she closed her first 24-unit joint venture deal and is now pivoting to become full-time in the industry. Within five months of joining, Cheryl Groovy from Atlanta, she had a 34-unit deal under contract, and she partnered with two other deal-maker mentoring students, and together they raised $700,000. And Brian Briscoe, he said thanks to deal-maker mentoring, he had the opportunity to accelerate his timeline and go after much bigger deals than he would have on his own. If you are ready to commit to achieving your dreams this year and you've been thinking about getting into multifamily, well, text the word Joe to 66866. Again, that's the word Joe. You know how to spell my name, right? J-O-E to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own syndication business. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors, and I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate. And follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals, or you can follow up with your investors. And you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners, then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Follow Up Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time, go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. Just thinking about that 2.2 million, knowing that's the case, can you think of the person who invested the most and then was that person introduced to you via your in-person meetup? Correct. It was. Okay. It was. Got it. And how much did that person invest? 100000 100,000. Okay. So you had a lot of investors who were investing around the same amount then. Was the minimum 25,000? Correct. Okay. So between 25 and 100. Got it. Yes. That sounds right. How often do you do your in-person meetup? Every month. And what about the thought process? Because I've heard it from people who are getting started in syndications where they say, oh, there's so many other meetups around. Why would I start another meetup? There's too many of them already. Why don't I just attend meetups? Why should I start one? What would you say to that person? You should start one, going back to what I mentioned, but you want to be the person in charge. You want to be the person in the limelight being perceived as the expert. If you're doubting yourself as being in that position, you're probably struggling from something called imposter syndrome. But yeah, I think you want to force yourself to step outside your comfort zone, be the main person throwing the meetup, you'll gain so much more traction being the person in the limelight and running the show. And I was actually thinking about starting or wanting to start my own meetup 
And exactly to your point, there was already a few different meetups going on. And this is an awesome story, but I, I, <laughs> I reached out to another experienced investor that I've already known of and asked him for tips on how he started his in-person meetup because I was thinking about starting my own. And he was a busy guy and we both had a lot of the same ideas and same goals. So I mean, long story short, I ended up not starting my very own meetup, but speaking at a meetup that was already running and already existed. The next month after reaching out to that more experienced individual, his name is Kent Ritter, also local Indianapolis, Indiana. I spoke at his very next meetup. And then after that, I began co-hosting the meetup with him. And then after that, the relationship was going really well. We partnered on these 77 units here in Indianapolis. So just going off of that, you never know where one meetup is going to take you or one phone call is going to take you. It could really just set you up for success in the future. That's awesome. And thank you for sharing that story and the importance of putting yourself out there and how cool it was, how you two were able to raise that money in that short period of time Exactly, um, yeah. for this portfolio, the 77 unit. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Best real estate investing advice, again, would be to start a thought leadership platform. That could be an in-person meetup, like I mentioned. That could be a Facebook group, a podcast, posting blogs online but something where you deliver value for free to other active, other passive investors, just something that you can be consistent about and deliver for free. I think that's just going to be a game changer as long as you're consistent and willing to get outside your comfort zone. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm ready. Best ever book you've recently read? Best ever book I've recently read would be Best in Class by Kyle Mitchell and Gary Lipsky. That goes along with asset management and just really quickly, but everybody is looking for deals, when to close on deals, but not a lot of people talk about asset management and what happens after you close the property. And that could really quickly turn a good deal into a bad deal if it's not ran properly. So Best in Class is an awesome book you really need to read so that you can asset manage your properties well and keep them performing well throughout the life of the investment. What deal have you lost the most amount of money on? I want to knock on wood, but but none yet. <laughs> what about made? What deal have you made the most amount of money on? The 70 portfolio we just closed on. How much money have you made personally from that so far? We haven't done any kind of distributions yet. I'm talking about money in the bank account. What deal have you made the most amount of money on that you actually saw in your bank account? As far as like acquisition fees or... Just whatever. It could be, yeah. On the 70 portfolio, I cashed in a $17,000 acquisition fee. Nice. That's about, what, 10 years worth of profit on a single family rental? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a nice feeling? <laughs> For sure. Oh, man. Single family rental days, they are not as profitable as what they're cracked out to be, right? They are not. What's the best ever way you like to give back to the community? Oh, fantastic question. So... I am a volunteer for the Big Brother Big Sisters organization here in Indianapolis. And I also, like yourself or like you did previously, but I also volunteer at a local hospice in my spare time. I still do. And awesome. I just got a flu shot yesterday because I had to in order to volunteer again. So, <laughs> uh, I am volunteering in about a week and a half with my next, awesome. with my next visit. Yeah, I really enjoy that. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, you can go to nextlevelequity.com slash free course. 
And I have a free seven-day passive real estate 101 email course. I'll tell you exactly step-by-step how to get started passively investing in syndications the right way and really outline step-by-step on what you should look for and how you can get started. As well as you can go to a Facebook group that I created, Next Level Apartment Syndications. Really active in there as well and like connecting with like-minded individuals. Thank you so much for being on the show, talking about in detail your path to where you're at now or how you got here specifically got into details on the 77 unit portfolio the 48 and 29 that were combined the direct mail campaign how you think about creating effective direct mail campaigns you got that ebook on your website so there's more details there and the thought leadership approach too and then also the education process along the way that you've chosen to undertake and better yourself and then as a result generate a lot of results and more money so thanks for being on the show hope you have the best ever day and talk to you again soon